everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 12th episode of Riverdale Season 6, The Fog. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and this week, I told you last week, Kirsten McInnes is out, which at least we didn't spring this on you this time. We, we, we did give you a warning, but n- never fear, because I am joined by another Riverdale expert and Riverdale podcaster from our Season 1 and 2 coverage, Hannah Elam. Hannah, how's it going? Is this Hannah or is this Mary with her weird accent that she did? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I like that. That sounded pretty good. Thank um, you. Hopefully I sounded that good. Yeah, no, it actually is <laughs> Hannah. Um, and I'm doing all right this evening. We've had a nice little chat beforehand. I did tell you I'm pretty nervous to be doing this. Uh, like just the two of us, I feel like there's a lot of pressure. Kirsten has a lot of sass to live up to. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Well, you already started wrong. If you wanted to imitate Kirsten, you had to start by going, Mary, here's the thing. This episode, (laughs) I didn't like it. Well, you know what? You know what? Mary's impersonation of Kirsten, I agree with you there. I, I was like... Trying to think of this episode as, you know, what, what did I like best about it? And there was a lot, uh, a lot, a lot to be wanted from this episode. <laughs> and, it, and, but you know what I did get when I looked for the episode on Hulu? Uh, Angels in America then got the song Kids in America <laughs> okay. stuck in my head. And then I saw, I started to remember, didn't didn't Riverdale do a cover of this song at one season and like Kevin was surprised on the keyboards and I was like, man, that would that might have been a fun time. Wait, when was that? Was that a thing that happened? Who knows? Is this was that just all a fever dream in my head or did it actually happen? Will we oh, ever find on. out? I don't know. I, I'm gonna look it up because I feel like that might have happened. Riverdale kids in, is the song called Kids in America? Yeah, we're the kids in America. Whoa. Oh no, it did happen. Although I don't know if I don't know if Kevin was in it, but Archie and Veronica cover Kids in America. I think they're playing it at looks like maybe prom. Oh really? Is that a is that a thing that happened? I don't think it would have been hmm. the prom. Prom was just last season, wasn't it? Wait. La- no, was no. last season the time jump last, too? Last season was the time jump. Oh, hold on. Gosh. I'm looking at this. <laughs> Archie Andrews Okay, hold on. Everything is this is from Brazil, so Oh no. It looks like prom. They're all standing around. Yeah, but their homecoming looked like prom. Oh, maybe maybe it was homecoming. I don't know. Veronica's wearing a long dress. I don't see Kevin. Oh, hold on. Betty, Betty and Jughead are standing together. It says blast from the past homecoming dance. Yeah. So I don't know what season this is. It's probably like season two. It's probably like, yeah, like season two or three because I see Fred Andrews and Hermione together. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was when Fred and Hermione and Mary Andrews all went together as like a threesome to chaperone the homecoming coming dance right anyway wow this did happen (laughs) i had no memory of that i don't see kevin on the piano okay i definitely thought i definitely in my head i could hear their voices singing it but in my head they were in what was maybe like pre le bon nuit maybe it was le bon yeah yeah it was like that and like see but that did happen like kevin was on the piano during a scene where they were singing just different song okay okay (laughs) you combine two dreams so it's fine (laughs) It did happen. Um, yeah, so Hannah, it's been a little while since you've been on with us. I'm trying to think about the last time you were on. It was actually <laughs> the last episode of Rivervale. Oh, oh, you came, you're right. Oh, so yes. that's recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just back in the fall. Right. I, I knew we talked recently. I mean, it's um, like years. It's been, yeah. it's been 24, 84 years. 
That's it's Titanic quote. Years. Yeah. I watched the first 30 minutes of Titanic the other day. I had bunkered down. Bunkered down. I had hunkered down. <laughs> hunkered or down. bunkered down in the good old uh, Riverdale bunker. Bunker, right. Yeah, not that. Um, I had hunkered <laughs> down and I was like, I'm going to watch Titanic. And I got a snack and I put the movie on and I got 30 minutes in. And I was like, I don't want to watch Titanic. This movie's depressing. <laughs> so I was like, I am not in the mood for this. For those of us that were born in the 90s, it also took up two VHS tapes. So it's a long commitment. It's like this generation's equivalent of the Batman. (laughs) The Batman was not that long. It was three hours. Yeah, it it was was three hours. Okay. I watched it. talk about... I I saw in some other movies recently that were only like two, little under two and a half hours, and I was falling asleep. But I did not fall asleep during the Batman. I enjoyed that. I watched it at my sister's house, and we paused it, and we were like, we have to be more than halfway. An hour and 20. Like, barely, like, not even to halfway the point yet. And it was just like, whoa. Okay. Halfway the point. We watched it in two... (laughs) I said what I said. Uh, We watched it in two settings, so... I don't know. Nice, nice. Do you like the Batman? I did. It made me really appreciate the architecture of, I almost said Archie Andrews. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Robert Pattinson's face. Oh, the architecture of his face. I thought you were going to say like the architecture like the structure, of Gotham the City structure. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so it's so obvious though. It's like, okay, yes, you're wearing a mask, but anybody who ever sees the bottom half of your face, like you have a very distinctive like mouth and chin. Like everyone would know it was you. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. It's so, Have fine. these people in this universe not seen Twilight? I guess not. I liked, I liked how it should have ended. It was a really funny rendition of the Batman. So if anyone wants yeah. to watch that, it's a YouTube video on YouTube. Oh, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're talking about Riverdale. I know all that other stuff we just talked about was so much more interesting, but here we are. Riverdale, it's fine. Uh, yeah, this episode, I actually didn't hate it. Um, it wasn't as good to me as the last one. I really liked the time travel episode. Kirsten was mixed, but I liked it. What did you think of the time travel episode? Uh, the time travel episode was interesting to me. Brian watched, when I'm watching shows, he'll come in and out of watching it. And he definitely, he said similar things to you guys where if Tabitha had said these things and stood up for herself the way she did, it probably would not have ended well in those actual mm-hmm. time frames. So, I mean, right. that was definitely like a fantasized version of that. But um, I definitely thought it was interesting to see pops throughout time and it was a good way to kind of exit and also introduce Tabitha's pretty interesting uh, superpower. Interesting, although... I think most people would say, unless you're specifically setting out to write a time travel piece of fiction, including time travel into something else makes everything very complicated. And we'll get to that when we talk about the Tabitha and Jughead stuff from this episode, because I I don't understand her power, but we'll come back to it. Uh, Let's start off at the beginning of the episode. But of course, before the beginning, we have a Jughead voiceover. It's a very short one. The weather reports were grim, but we had a more dire prognostication to deal with. The apocalypse brought about out by one Percival Pickens. Maybe unavoidable, but we had to try. So the Super Squad, as I'm calling them, gathers together to plan for the apocalypse. Actually, it's not even the Super Squad because Cheryl's not there, but the other people gather together. And I kind of like (laughs) how not only has Veronica been just like completely written out of this group and put in a separate plot line, like Tabitha's just completely like taken her spot and this group feels way more cohesive. (laughs) Because... 
I don't know, Veronica's whole thing for the last several seasons, her only interconnectedness with Betty or Jughead was like, I'm dating Archie. Like that, that was the only reason like she was really there. Like I know she was supposed to be Betty's friend, but we never saw her really do be friendly. And her and Jughead never did anything together. At least with Tabitha there, it's like, at least with two couples, it, like I don't know, kind of makes more sense. Well, and I think the other thing is with Veronica, she was connected to the team because they were all fighting the big bad, which happened to be her dad, right? So she had to be integrated due to that. I definitely didn't really recognize that Veronica was gone. And it it's kind of interesting how they're weaving Cheryl into this group too. But I yeah. mean, really, the whole episode is mostly everybody is separated, right? Because there is the fog. And I got to say, I was kind of excited going into this with this, oh, preparing for the apocalypse just because of the fact I appreciate post-apocalyptic movies and books. So I'm like, oh, maybe Riverdale is going to actually have the apocalypse happen. Yeah, I think we're leading in that direction. This is reminding me of something. I'm like, oh, I just watched some kind of post-apocalyptic, <laughs> I guess, hard <laughs> word to say, apocalyptic thing. But I can't, I can't even think of what it was. So maybe, maybe I didn't. I think I watched, well, you know what it was? I've just been watching a lot of different versions of Batman. And there's, it, while not post-apocalyptic, there's a lot of like bad things happening to a town that everyone feels like they have to save. Yeah. So I guess there's that. But anyway, the group, it gets together and Archie's like, well, we should stage a coup to take over the council and like dethrone Pickens. And so we need to get public support from all our friends and maybe Kevin. I love how they're like, like, our friends and Kevin. Uh, I don't understand this plan. They know he has mind control. Even if they somehow did stage a coup and take over the council, I mean, I guess their idea is like that it would instate all of them. Like nothing is stopping Pickens from just being like, okay, I'm going to make my own council. Like, he can mind control everyone else in town except for this select group of people. The only way to overthrow him is literally like battle him, like take him down, you know, prevent him from mind controlling other people or somehow inform everyone else that he has mind control. Like, I don't really know why they're not going to Frank and Alice, who are his biggest supporters, right? And somehow lock them up in the bunker, you know, keep them away from him, try to de-brainwash them. Like, that's that, I feel like that would be my course of action. Well, this is also the same group that thought Archie Andrews was a great candidate to be an American fable hero. So do we really trust their judgment? Also... Are they still 18? Are the writers still writing them like they're 18? I don't know. Because <laughs> they should be more smart. Than right. It, it's so annoying. But Alice overhears their plan, and so she goes and tells Pickens. Was it just me, or did you pick up, right, so her finger had a snake. So is that supposed to mean, like, she had a ring that was a yeah. snake figure. And I'm like, is this a nod to her? I just now, like, I considered this. I think this is this. like a nod to, like, her serpent past and stuff. Yeah. Or being like, a will, snake, like, being a snake, being sneaky and stuff. But I just thought of that and I was like, oh, that's nice. I will never give up hope on Alice and FP. Phallus forever. It's never going away. <laughs> so uh, Alice says, like, that the, the big fog that's coming in, which they mention a couple times in the episode, the fog is, like, from god like she calls it the wrath of god fog someone else is going to say like the fog sent from god and then someone's like or maybe the devil like it's it's definitely sort of biblically um so they're talking about how the fog is going to maybe prevent the meetup at pops that the super squad is planning and it's going to give pickens time to plan for his next move so she's going to give a rather a weather report that apparently there was also a great fog back in 1922 now okay fog like 
I've driven through really, really bad fog. Like bad fog where you have to get out of your car to look for the road that you're trying to turn on to because you can't see like a couple feet ahead of you. Like it's really scary. Was that when you were at, you you went to a wedding and then you were coming back to my house or was that rain? No, that was really bad rain. Oh, okay. That did happen. But the, um, no, the fog, like I've driven in bad fog several times. The worst was up in the mountains, like early, early, right. early in the morning, like 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, that was really probably the worst. But uh, luckily I was on a road that I knew nobody else was probably going to be on so I could get out and, and look around. But yeah, very dangerous stuff. But I don't know, like a fog that you see slowly coming in, like fog is not something that just like rolls across the land usually. You know, like fog is from like clouds being low. Like, I don't know, does it? Like, I, I feel like fog, it's not like a fog is like a, a rainstorm. Well, so you definitely it? think of clouds rolling in I on <laughs> this is definitely wrong but my thought is like it's coming up from the ground in some ways but that's no yeah. that's, that's incorrect <laughs> I know that much. maybe fog does roll roll through like a town but it seems weird like that this fog massive thick fog that also for some reason takes out electricity what well no, what's that about so the other thing is they know that it's coming in but is Percival controlling it in some way I see I don't know I thought that the fog was maybe like anti-Percival, but he benefits from it by the end of the episode, so I'm confused. I'm not really sure, but she says like close your windows and vents, so like the fog is going to come in through the vents. <gasps> That's how he mind like... controls you. It's through the fog. I don't That's know. That's Alice's so. power. She can control the weather now. Okay. Lucky her, she tells it Cause too. Because she, she took over from the weather girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how she's like, the weather girl's out sick. So I'm going to tell everyone, like, because the weather girl is out sick, she gets to make a mandatory <laughs> curfew. I also liked when Archie was explaining that they needed to knock Percival off of his soapbox or platform, right? It's just that more unnecessary uh, explaining that the audience is getting. But it's just like, does that need to be said? It doesn't. It doesn't. Ugh. It's there was, there was a couple moments in this episode where they both, like, gave a flashback and also said what was happening. It's like, we don't need, we don't. <laughs> need both you either tell us a thing or you give a flashback or you just assume that maybe we've seen this show one or the other oh gosh so uh the fog enters town power starts to flicker out and goes off in some places and so now we're going to go through all of the separate plot lines of everyone else dealing with the fog who do you want to start with let's start with cheryl i feel like that was a pretty it's she started off strong in the middle or in the middle in the beginning of the episode and then we didn't see her for a bunch and it was also like a very a pretty short concise plot line right so Penelope returns she went to the Himalayas and found the original Sisters of Quiet Mercy because no <laughs> that wasn't just in Riverdale it's not a thing no what do you mean the original Sisters there, there is no original Sisters of Quiet Mercy the Sisters of Quiet Mercy was made in Riverdale right. Uh, ask the Himalayas, just the this whole mountain range. Make any, ask, the, ask the mountain range. This doesn't make any sense. I didn't know. I <gasps> Penelope that she... sent the fog. Oh. oh, wait, okay. She brought it with her from the mountains. There is one piece of this that kind of does make sense. Well, I don't know. I, I Okay, either the Riverdale Sisters of Quiet Mercy is like a distant branch that like went corrupt, but the real Sisters of Quiet Mercy is not corrupt. That's one option. But if they are all corrupt, that makes more sense because like Penelope did, didn't she live in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy at one point? Like when she was younger? Because she was no. the 
one who like brought the game into the town and and she had like that kinship with the with the sisters of quiet mercy lady because when she did the whole like escape the night thing survive the night sorry whatever the like uh, a youtube series on youtube (laughs) yes yeah wasn't in the um the I'm one not sisters following of you at Mercy all Lane. here. Mother, mother, sis, sister, somebody. The like creepy sisters of Quiet Mercy Lady. Remember in the episode where Penelope's like, look, I've got the Black Hood and also the Gargoyle King and also sister, what's her name? And then we're all going to go like make Archie and Veronica and Betty and Jack no, like, I run know. through the night and try to survive. Right. I know that. I, I didn't know that there was a, a nun there too. Yes. And she was like, yes, my nun friend who... I grew up with, and she always protected me. You know what? It's oh, not important, oh, oh. but... <laughs> she was an orphan, and then the Blossoms yeah. took her in, and then she married Clifford. Yes. So, okay, I'm yes. just saying she has an association with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yes. So, like, that part makes sense. But... Okay. I, it was funny when Cheryl was like, you're telling me that they're letting an ex-dominatrix convic- convicted felon serial killer join their convent? And I'm like, that's my question. So is this, like, a real convent, or is this, like... Like another fake one. I mean, I don't think you can ever be certain with Penelope because of how evil she has shown herself to be. I mean, right? Because the Gargoyle King and the Black Hood seeming... I know you guys kind of debated about this last time, but it's like, was Penelope in charge of them the whole time? Like, did she control all of the shots? If she did, she's way worse than Hiram, in my opinion. Hiram was doing his stuff out in the open. Yeah. I mean... Plus, did Hiram actually kill anyone? He probably ordered people to be killed, but I don't... He, in his origin story, maybe, he did the shooting at the Italian place? Um, yeah, he did He did murder all the, the, the wise guys or whatever. I mean, most of the characters in Riverdale have been involved in, or at the very least, helped covered up a murder at some point, so... Hiram's gotta be involved. Yeah, I actually thought that Cheryl was going to commit a murder in this episode. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I thought it happened. So Penelope's like, hey, I've got some unfinished business with you. I have a surprise to give you. And she's being so cryptic and weird. And I definitely think you're supposed to think she's up to something because why not just tell her what the surprise is? But then she's like, first, I need a dinner and a bath. Like, who are you demanding things if you're the one trying to ask for forgiveness? But Cheryl gives her a bath and then is ready to give her a meal. But her mom is looking at the Julian doll slash Abigail doll and Cheryl knocks her out with a candlestick. I definitely thought she murdered her, but I guess not. Has anyone ever played the game Clue? A candlestick can definitely be a weapon. The other thing, you guys totally called that doll the Jason doll last episode. Oh, did we? Whoops. Well, yeah, the uh, it's, a, it's a whole in the crypt with the candlestick. Yeah. But Cheryl, I mean, Cheryl looks like a clue person. Did Nana Rose is die? Is a, there is a Scarlet. Yes. Cheryl would totally be Miss Scarlet. Yeah, where was Nana Rose in this episode? <laughs> we know Hold Britta's on. gone, but like, did, did Cheryl kill? No, did she set Nana Rose on fire? No, no. She was alive because, because in the previous episode, somebody, I think it's Tabitha, goes over to talk to Cheryl and it's like really cold, but then Cheryl's like- Right. Yeah. No. Like, working on learning her powers. It's Tabitha. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, no, Nana Rose is still alive. She was there. Okay. She just wasn't in this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you can only have one one other blossom in the scene, apparently. And I think we uh, keep saying last episode, 
episode, but it probably wasn't last episode because that was a time jump. It might have no, been. No, but I think it did happen because at the very beginning of the episode, she was like, "Hey, Cheryl, can you come help me?" And Cheryl's like, "Well, I'm trying to learn my powers." Right. And then Tabitha's like, "That was kind of weird." And then she goes and talks to Jughead, and Jughead tells her about everyone's powers. And okay. She's like, oh, this makes more sense now. And I then also she finds out she has time travel. Watched like the last three prior to yesterday's episode. Well, we're recording this on Monday, so the episode came out yesterday. Like all over the weekend, yes. so they're all definitely running together to me for me yeah, well i i still feel like that's the best way to watch most shows but definitely riverdale yeah <laughs> so cheryl is starting to make her mom's body temperature rise and she's like feel that mom you're at 112 you're at 120 you're at 140 so I, she's I getting like a lot of die. control yeah like, not only can she increase someone's temperature but she can like know what temperature it's at i mean that's the superpower i want just to know somebody's body temperature not to Imagine necessarily increase it your body temperature rising 40 degrees in the span of like a few seconds like that's terrifying that is pretty terrifying i think you'd explode the writers of riverdale known for having zero plot holes definitely did not do their medical research on this one i think we're way smarter. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, they their only source of medical input is Dr. Curdle Jr. Oh, and right. Yes, I, I mean the fictional character. That's who the writers consult. Oh, gosh. So Cheryl's like, Mom, I'm both the maiden and the dragon. And then her mom's like, no, but I have letters from Heather. Do you remember Heather? I mean, I know they talked about her recently, but do you remember Heather like from the original time Heather was mentioned? No, I definitely I was like, wait, Heather from the time that she was in Heather's the Musical? From your alter ego, Heather Chandler, from when you played her in the musical <laughs> Heather. No, I was singing Candy Store the other day, though. Um, not the Riverdale version, because that's version's trash, but that's fine. Uh, n- yeah, Heather was, I think the first time she was mentioned was, do you remember way back when, in the episode where Cheryl, like, was drawing all these pictures of Josie? Yes. I think that's the first time we find out about her. Okay. It's either that time or it's in the Simon, Love Simon episode where they go into the movies. At one point in time, she tells somebody, I think Tony, about the, like, how she had a friend named Heather. Right. But then her mom, like, sent her away. Anyway. So apparently Heather moved and, uh, but she had written all these letters to Cheryl and Cheryl uh, asks her mom why she was so cruel to her. And Penelope gives an answer that I don't really understand. She's like, because I recognize something in you that I tried so hard to destroy in myself. What I don't know what we're talking about. I would be led to believe it's the sexuality. I mean, oh, Penelope was at Sisters of Quiet Mercy and then, like we talked about, forced into this relationship. Mm. So maybe she saw that as something that's not to be questioned or not to be considered. And so then... Interesting. Maybe? I mean, that's maybe? the only... I mean, that because, right, she's shutting down Cheryl's opportunity to have a lesbian relationship or explore that it's either that or it might be more broad of just like we know that penelope has had some i don't know i don't know how to say this like an interesting sexual exploration of her own like in terms of like she had ran the brothel and then she was like remember she was like pretty sure pretty sure she was like selling herself to to like people to like afford christmas presents that one time i, I like i think this is a plot that happened because i feel starts, like we like, could say up with how cooper <laughs> Well, but also he was the Black Hood, so that totally makes sense. Or was that before he was the Black Hood? Maybe that's where it started. This might be a fever dream. Back in like (laughs) season two, I'm pretty sure, because at the end of season one, Cheryl burns down her house. And then throughout season two, they're living at Thistle House and her mom is like, has like random guys come over. This is definitely a thing that happened. 
Okay. Anyway, all I know is I'm not sure, but whatever. And then so she, Penelope's like, please forgive me, Cheryl, and TBD on whether or not that happens. We're left with a lot of cliffhangers. This one's probably the most nail-biting one. Yeah. <laughs> it's that one. I'm Mostly it's like when Penelope walks in, I still don't trust her. She walks in and she has like a glass of tea and it's like rose tea. And she's like, here, Cheryl, do I this. know. Don't drink anything Penelope gives you. She's been known to poison so many people. I had the same thought. I was like, there's no way you don't take milkshakes you don't take any food you you oh, don't I forgot even about the milkshakes that yeah. yeah that was a thing wow yeah and then she and she poisoned she poisoned clifford and she poisoned the principal from way back when and she poisoned lots of people lots of people maybe mr doily i don't know i there were just lots of people it's fine so um shall we talk about veronica and reggie in the casino sure right so we start off with reggie is well technically we start off with veronica saying it's dead in here because apparently she doesn't watch the news the the great quality news that Alice is delivering to this town to know that well, there's, there's fog. No, there's probably no windows in the casino. So no, maybe she can't see out. No windows, no cell phone service. It's a really great place if you want to get away. Babylonium, yeah. check it out. Yeah, so Reggie shows up and he's like, I'm getting my stuff out because, I don't know, either last episode or the one before that, uh, they broke up. I don't know. She kicked him out of the casino business because he stole some slot machines. He stole slot machines so that he could give his dad a nice last couple of hours, days, however long he had left so that he could enjoy his time. Yes. So she's like, let's play strip poker (laughs) for old time's sake. Also, quick note here. She says, good thing, when the lights go out, she says, good thing I have a lot of drip sheet candles. I looked it up. I was like, is this a close, but no cigar? But all I could find is lots of drip candles. Yeah. Someone please tell me, because I'm assuming this is a brand or a, like, it was capitalized D-R-I-P-C-H-I-C. And I don't know if that's a brand or a store, but I I could not find, I looked up, like, fancy candle brands, like, list of top 40 candle brands. I couldn't find anything. So someone please tell me if this is a close, but no cigar, because I was really excited that I thought we were going to have one. Is this and, like, a Charles Chickens? Yeah. It's Are we just sounding so, so dumb? <laughs> I know. It's going to be something obvious, but I can't figure it out. So they play strip poker and then they uh, make out in front of her dad's portrait and he's like, let's go to the champagne suite. And then she's like, maybe we were too hasty breaking up. And they both are kind of like getting on the same page. Like, yeah, we should get back together. But then he's like, okay, we'll get back together. But I want you to destroy, like get rid of the picture of your dad because it's creeping me out. And it's also making me feel like somehow it segues into a conversation about how like he feels second fiddle to Archie. I think he's basically implying like she doesn't follow through and that he's never like what he wants is never the most important thing. I I definitely didn't follow that connection. I thought it was I thought it was weird. Well, so he was saying he feels second and then now he's working here Archie's out of the picture ish and he's always still right underneath the look of her father with the portrait which okay so we never got closure on the cameras but do we think it's possible (laughs) that Hiram's painting has cameras that are hooked up somewhere to one of his henchmen. I mean, I feel like this has to keep going somewhere. No, I it's think got- Harm's dead. I think the picture, having having the picture up is just symbolizing her inability to step away from her father. And I think the show wants to, like, include his imagery still in it, even though they don't do the same thing with FP. But they do with, like, Fred Andrews. Like, we'll see the picture of Fred Andrews in the boxing gym sometimes. Right. But... 
I don't know. It was annoying to me, but she gives this whole speech about how, like, everybody is someone else's consolation prize because she's like, you feel like you're Archie's consolation prize. Well, how do you think I feel about the fact that, like, Archie chose Riverdale over me and, like, honestly, I'd rather be in New York right now, but I'm here. So there's all that happening. And so she did give this quote, we're just a man and a woman in this town, in this room. And it's not super close, but it definitely gave me Notting Hill vibes. And I had to look it up. I don't even know that I've seen Notting Hill, but I know the quote, which is, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. So I felt like this was their attempt. I've also heard that quote, but I've never seen Notting Hill. Right. It's their attempt of like getting that vibes. Like that's definitely the vibes that I got. Again, even though I've never seen the movie, maybe it's not the vibes at all. (laughs) But it like, it's yeah, it's not particularly romantic. She's more just like... She he's literally like, here's my concerns. And she's like, enough about your concerns. I'm just a woman. You're just a man. Let's get it on, <laughs> basically. And he's like, okay, but in the scenario where in your ideal world where you move to New York, who do you want with you, me or Archie? And she can't like say him. And so he's mad about that. And then... Then he's like, actually, we're just recreating our parents' dynamic. And she's like, I'm nothing like my mom. And he's like, no, you're like your dad. Okay, first off, Veronica, maybe don't be so upset if you were like your mom because she's extremely successful and was mayor and is not dead or was in prison. Isn't Veronica still living in the Pembroke, which is the property that her mom purchased or like owned solely by herself? So it's like, you're still benefiting off of the work that your mother put in. So learn your place. Exactly. And then he's like, I think he was trying to say, I'm like my dad in that my mom always chose her work over my father. And I think he's saying like, you always choose your work over me. Yeah. I mean, so I think it is true that you learn the most about marriage from looking at your parents. And so I think it is very easy in some ways to expect that your relationship is somewhat going to mimic them or like that if you're in some of those same patterns that you've seen before. Four, it's oh, it, it can be okay in some ways, but then there's definitely like the waking up and I don't know. I really, I was like, this is this is a lot of like emotional growth for for Reggie to to kind of come to this realization. Well, and so my question is, which side are you on? Are you on the because he says that they need to break the screwed up toxic cycle. So is the way you break that you say, hey, we realize this is a screwed up toxic cycle, so let's stop being so screwed up and toxic, but we can still be together. Or is the answer, I guess we just try to go find someone else who's going to force us to break that cycle by not being like our parents? I think that the best case scenario is that you're both able to take a step back and realize that and come to like this be on the same page about that. But then you also maybe need to go to couples counseling, like maybe you need someone like another third party that's going to help you identify the patterns and and really get out of them and and keep you accountable for not just falling back into those rhythms. I I definitely think that if if the relationship is worth it, you're going to make it work. But maybe there are still the other Maybe there are still other issues at hand. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess they break up and he leaves. Is this a parallel to when she killed him in the alternate universe? That's a great question because there are other parallels that keep coming up. This episode, like the the Veronica stuff and especially this whole conversation they have about Archie here, this makes me feel like they're trying to say that the Archie and Veronica stuff is not over. But Betty and Archie seem pretty darn locked down. So Well, we don't know. There's still a question in the air. I, I don't... Yeah. 
Yeah, there is, but I don't know. It's so weird. It's like all of season five, I was, and even Rivervale, I was so locked in on like, no, they're trying to, like, we're still going to get Bughead again eventually. I don't think we are. I think we're, do- I think, I think Betty and Archie is the way it's going to go. I mean, maybe honestly, none of the core four, quote unquote, end up together. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, do you think that Veronica is going to start dating um, Geraldo? Her cousin? I don't, it's not her cousin. It's like his, her grandmother's like a godson. Relative. I don't think it's a real relative. I don't think he's related. I definitely think that guy was in some season of Degrassi, though. Like, some generation of Degrassi. I think think he was. I feel like I heard that on the other Riverdale podcast I listened to. (laughs) I just know because I watched Degrassi, so. I've never seen Degrassi, but he's he's in something. It might have been even, like, the latest one that was not very good, but it was on Netflix, so I kept watching. (laughs) Um, man, I'm I'm revealing too much about my watching of teenage shows. Hold on, let me see. This actor, uh, Ricardo Hoyos, is. Man, I hate it when you're on like the wikia and then it won't tell you anything about the actual person. I have to like actually search them. Okay. They are a Canadian actor who was in Riverdale and Degrassi the Next Generation and Degrassi Don't Look Back and Degrassi Minis. Lots of Degrassi. Was he in the original Degrassi though? Probably not. No, I don't. He's too young. He played Zeke. Zig Novak. Zigmund Zig Novak. Oh, Zig. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. That's embarrassing anyway. that I know that <laughs> off the top of my head. Let's <laughs> let's not include that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, so that's them. And I don't know. I don't know what we're doing with Veronica. I I don't know. I, like, and if Reggie's not with Veronica, I don't know what his plot is. Unless he goes and starts working for Pickens. Like he doesn't have a superpower. <laughs> Yeah, what is Reggie going to do? I don't know. Work out all day, let his dad gamble all their money away. I I have no idea. Now, do you know who also doesn't have superpowers? Kevin and Tony. of (laughs) Tanganus. Yeah, I I was reading through to see the order in which Mary had her notes, and I was like, what's Tanganus? And then it took me a second. I was like, ah, yeah. Did I make this up, or did Fangs and Moose have a thing at one point? Uh, Maybe in the cult? No, like... No, that's where Kevin and Fangs got together. Okay, so I'm thinking about, like, right after Kevin and Fangs broke up, like, right after Kevin didn't want to be married, wasn't there a scene where he, like, is gonna go apologize to Fangs, and then Fangs is, like, with Moose? Like, I feel like that happened. Maybe. I felt like that... I was shocked. I was like, Moose is back. I felt like this is the first we've seen of him since the prep school. Me too, but I don't actually think that's right. <laughs> but but I, I was thinking that initially, and then Moose was talking about working on the lonely highway and i was like wait did we know he was a trucker maybe that makes sense that definitely could have happened i'm gonna look it up um you care too much about the details and the plots points that have happened you're you keep asking me do you remember when this happened and i think we've talked you know kirsten said said it kirsten said it enough times this is a fever dream of a show okay season five episode 13 reservoir dogs my notes say that it includes the word or moose Moose with super long hair. Hold on. 
Cheryl says regret haunts Kevin for the way he and Fangs left things. She recommends he go to Fangs and try to make things up with him. Moose with super long hair is there, possibly hooking up with Fangs. Kevin confides in Cheryl about the Moose situation. So yeah, this happened. Hmm. I don't know what this episode was. Reservoir Dogs. Veronica gets back into the investment stuff. Archie has a dream about the war. Oh, I think this is when he has the whole thing with his dog with Bingo. Yeah. Oh. And then we find out Bingo wasn't a dog. Oh. Sad day. Sad day. Okay. Uh, Anyway. It still would be sad if it was a dog, but. Yeah. So Tanganoose. (laughs) Tony and Kevin come over. Tanganoose is canon, okay? It's a thing. It's just. The four of them really need to get in a room together. I know. Can't the four of them. I think they would just be very happy together. And baby Anthony would have four parents. And this sounds like nothing could possibly go wrong. What could go wrong? It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. So Tony asks Kevin to come over for dinner and talk about baby Anthony's future. Oh, also, I do want to say when Moose shows up, I remember thinking like, oh, no, I don't like this because for whatever reason, I want Kevin and Fangs to be together. But I remember when Kevin and Fangs first got together, we were all really upset because we liked Kevin and Moose together so much. There's a reason that the number one ship name is Coos. That's right. It's on my sticky note right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Tony asks Kevin to come over for dinner and talk about baby Anthony's future. And at first, she's kind of nice about it. But then when he's like, you guys are serpents, that's not safe for Anthony. I have nothing more to talk about. She's like, hey, well, how about the fact that you have an addiction to cruising in the woods? How about that? You want me to bring that up in court? Because I don't think that you have a leg to stand on. And um, I thought like, oh, maybe we're actually going to get some like you know talk and insight about like why kevin and fangs broke up but not really so kevin has some flashbacks thinking about his old hookups and then moose comes in and he's riverdale high's new pe teacher i thought archie was the pe teacher is that not right is he just the football coach and the again you're asking me to think back to these plot points did he also Uh, teach a class maybe i don't remember Probably. Riverdale has enough money to hire just a PE teacher. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, they a, also that's have... a great point. But they well, also now like, Percival like Pickens like, is yeah. leading the town, so it's all on the. You can't stop progress. Which right. they I already it was have the, the new sign up. What? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I do remember the previous episode seeing all the people in pops walking around in their like football garb, and I was or their their Letterman jackets, and I'm like, oh, is this like this is like a pop in town again? <laughs> Okay. At the end or in one of the flashbacks? I don't know. No, it was at the, it was like at the beginning of the scene. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's it's not important. So, uh, yeah, Moose is like, Kevin, we should talk. And Kevin's like, well, I have to go to this dinner. And Moose is like, well, not, you can't go out in the fog. So they, they talk. And um, Tony and Fangs, meanwhile, are like getting ready with their Tostitos product placement. I, okay. Thank you so much for bringing <laughs> that up. I have been so... So eye rolly at all of the, the Doritos. Like it's like it's so obvious. It's annoying, and I it feel makes like me every honestly. Every time we have you on, because me and Kirsten never talk about it because we never notice it. I noticed it this time because I knew you were coming on, and I saw it, and I was like, Thank "Oh yeah, Hannah so always much. points out the product placement." Thank you, because honestly, it makes me not want to buy. I think Tostitos is a Lay product, so it makes me not want to buy Lay's products because. <laughs> I'm so angry at the blatant product placement that they do here. That has nothing to do. I mean, okay, they're prepping for dinner, but they're having chips and salsa before having dinner. Are they having tacos? It looked like they were having margaritas. So that would be very like, I would love that dinner night. Thank you so much for having me. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like this really worked on me. I hadn't eaten dinner yet. And so I'm (sighs) sitting there going, oh my gosh, I really want chips and salsa now. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, that sounded really good. So, <laughs> did you have it? No, I didn't have it. Oh, I had leftover. 
Indian food, which was really good. I had some buttered chicken. It was delicious. Do you like queso? I do. I'm a big... I like... Queso's my number one. Salsa's my number two. I don't like guacamole. Okay. I love them all. Like, I'll eat it, but it's not my fave. I love them all. Queso is definitely my number one, and then it's probably guacamole, and then it's salsa, just because I'm not as big of a fan of tomatoes, but Gordo's queso, and it's white American cheese, so it's like, it doesn't see... I don't know. Is that the kind that comes, like, in a jar? No, it's not in a jar. It's, like, in the refrigerated section next to other cheese, and it's, like, a square container, it's pretty good. I don't heat it up in the actual container. I'll put it in a separate. But anyways, that's my go-to at, if, at the grocery store, just bu- buying queso there. So I'll I have some in my that. fridge right now. I've never heard of that. So I'll look for it next time. Because I've gotten like the normal like Tostitos brand queso. I don't good. I don't care for yellow queso. And even like the, the glass jar. Yeah, Tostitos yeah. queso, it's a no-go. Don't fall for it. It's trash. I like uh, Qdoba's queso. Oh, could, I feel like they have the best out of, well, okay. I feel like Moe's is also really good. I love the way that they're like, even just their shredded cheese, the way that it, oh man, oh, this is working so much better than the Tostitos product placement. <laughs> conversation we're having <laughs> this conversation we're having about queso yeah so for all of you out there who want a snack we recommend what was it gordo's queso yeah yeah do you like tostitos though like the chips i do like tostito chips and i like like i like the hint of lime the fritos i like fritos i recently had lay's kettle chips i probably will still continue to buy lay's products it's been a long time <laughs> since i've had doritos but who knows i'll never say never but yeah. it still makes me mad Oh, gosh. Well, Tony and Fangs are also mad because they're talking about, well, first they have a disagreement about like the serpents because he's like, I want to raise baby Anthony in the old school serpent way where he can fight for himself. And then Tony's like, well, we still haven't decided if the serpents are even like a thing anymore because all the ghoulies are dead and like they got killed by cops. And so like this could be a bad situation if he's in any kind of gang. And anyway, they have a whole conversation. They're like, well, why don't we just try to appeal to Kevin on a human level and not bring up the whole gang thing, even though Kevin's totally going to bring up the gang thing. Okay. Also, the Fangs referred to it as the Sweetwater Serpents. Is that just his phrasing of it or? I think, look, it's the first time we've ever heard this, but I think he was saying like Sweetwater River is the river. Yes. But I think what he was saying was like that she wanted to rebrand the Serpents as a, um, political activist group or something and maybe in that scenario like we've never heard it maybe it was a deleted scene but maybe in that scenario it's called the sweetwater serpents which definitely sound a little better like not better but like more tame than south side serpents especially since they don't live on the south side anymore i'm pretty sure so did she did she restart the gang on the first post rivervale episode yes okay because i'll she be honest took over the gang and said like it's like a thing again that episode the only my only knowledge of that episode is the Riverdale recap the only acknowledged Riverdale podcast on the internet right because I was too too late on the game it had already like expired by the time that I was starting to come back into Riverdale so my first I I was so confused when I watched the first episode and and Archie was like oh my my you know superpowers are starting to go away and I'm like what when did this happen and it clearly was an episode that i missed (laughs) yeah uh no no um 
she started up the serpents on the first episode of the time jump of the time way back at the beginning of season five yes because remember they brought back the white worm yes but it but the the serpents definitely seem to be like more more adults and sort of more active i don't know because all throughout season five the serpents were like truckers oh yes 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 yes. okay i don't know it's very confusing i don't but i thought that they they like i thought there was like reinstating again or something they might have. Honestly, it's okay. It's unclear. It's, we can we it's can unclear. keep. Sorry, we can keep going. It's fine. <laughs> so uh, Kevin and Moose catch up, and they talk about like where they're at in life. He gave up on Broadway, whatever. Moose got laid off from the trucking company when the Lonely Highway shut down. So although I don't know what he means by that, because like the highway still exists, I think he means like there's no more trucking on the highway because like the FBI shut it down, even though the truckers weren't actually the ones doing anything bad as it turned out right because it was just the random family that lived like on the side of the road who's to say honestly <laughs> it could be Percival Pickens way of continuing to get get the town on the up and up you can't have truckers around apparently maybe maybe but so I the real question here is other places okay they have candles around where does a school have <laughs> all of these candles just in what used to be the student lounge is now the teacher's lounge that's what really threw me off on this scene I mean yeah okay biggest the- teacher's lounge of any <laughs> school ever by the way um i thought that too i the one thing so all of the different places are gonna have candles except maybe pops doesn't well they start up the generator right i don't know what light they were using in the scenes maybe they had like a candle or maybe they were using flashlights i'm not sure the only place that makes sense to have all the candles is cheryl's house that makes total sense so she's got a billion candles makes sense plus she can start fire so and apparently veronica with her drip shake but honestly if you're running like a suite and casino you're probably not really gonna to have that many candles people love their candles okay let me try to think of how many candles i have like in my vicinity right, right now, but i'm I saying at a hotel three. candles and are I've a got fire more. hazard yeah but like in my hold on let me scoot back okay see that box on the lower shelf down there right there that's full of candles so she's describing a, like a cube storage that you would see like the storage cube right. yes full Top of two candles. shelves full of pop figures bottom shelf full of candles Okay. And I've got three other ones in my vicinity that I can see on various surfaces. This one right next to me, this is called the All Was Well. It's jasmine and sandalwood. Oh, nice. Candle. This is a Harry Potter scented candle. What's the reference? It's really good. Um, it's the final line of the seventh oh. book. The yes, I'm clearly the biggest Harry Potter fan yeah, in this podcast. Yeah. Gosh, you didn't know that? You didn't, well, you didn't just instantly know that? <laughs> so, Kevin and Moose. <laughs> yeah, them. Coos. They, well, where are we actually? Oh, right. So they, (laughs) They, yeah, his dad got out of prison and he's been living with him. Yeah. And so then they start talking about old times and they finally complete coitus with each other. (laughs) Yep. Uh, yeah. They, um, they, they're talking about like, uh, how it's like, remember when my dad interrupted us that one time and Kevin's like, you mean when he dressed up as the Gargoyle King and traumatized me for life? Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) But then we also get a flashback of it later, just in case it it wasn't clear what was happening. It's like they could have just showed the flashback and then he could have said, yeah, that traumatized me. Like we could just, we see it. 
It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know who else is angry? Did we already say this? Fangs? Fangs is angry? <laughs> Fangs? Okay, do honestly, it again. We can just, we can use the same transition. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> it was a great, tra- I gave you like a silent cloud because I was like, wow, that was a great transition into this. <laughs> but honestly, it was very shocking to me like how quickly Fangs went from like a zero to like an eight on the anger scale to me. Like, oh, of course Kevin has to do this. And it's like, you're... But I think this was love-based. I think he still has a thing for Kevin. That's... Like, yeah, you know? I definitely felt like there was some resentment that he's been building up. And this was just a, maybe another breaking point. I feel, you know, but. It because w- it was never resolved. We never had a Kevin Fangs like talk. Like we had Kevin talk with his dad. We might have even had Kevin Fangs talk, but he was just like, I don't know what's going on with me. Figure it out. Have a conversation. And if you figure out that your answer is, I don't want to be with you because I want cruising or whatever, then actually like say that. Like it's sort of implied, but it was never like they were going to get married and have a child. Right. And it just, it really made me feel bad for Tony being in a relationship with him. Yeah. And Tony was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. This is about baby Anthony. (laughs) Yeah. So, because he's like, I'm going to go beat Kevin up. And she's like, actually, you're not going to because I need you out of prison. Because remember how you just got out of jail? It probably wasn't prison. I don't know. Is there a difference? Probably there was a prison. I couldn't tell you the difference but I do think know. there is one. Yeah, anyway. And so, um, and then uh, they kiss. Man, everyone be kissing this episode. It's just like, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of emotional stuff happening. It's it's the power going out. What else are you going to do? Yeah, you know, my power went out quite a lot growing up. Never once did I okay. partake in a kiss. <laughs> well, when you're, in a, when you're in a house with people that you're growing up with, I would say it is uh, probably frowned upon if any, <laughs> like, kissing. No, I... Besides I guess I just your parents. Mean, like, it's, yes, I understand that. But I'm saying, like, it's not like I had, I don't know, like, it wasn't, it wasn't ever like I was, like, my power went out a lot. And, like, I would have friends over and stuff sometimes. And so, like, sometimes I'd be with my friends, but it was never, it just never was the right, clearly wasn't the right friends. <laughs> Now we're getting we're getting to the truth of the situation. But honestly, I mean, when the power goes out, like what? No, wait. You, you my can power like twiddle your thumbs. One time I had a boy over. It was it was just a friend, but I had a guy over. I think I can't remember. I had a crush on this guy at one point. I don't remember if that was during the time he was over or if that was a different time. But he was over and the power went out. And um, it was during the, uh, I believe, 2012 derecho that happened. If anyone remembers that in uh, the East Coast. If not, oh, well, look it up. Anyway, and so it was in the summer and there was a like, big windstorm. And we were, uh, me and this boy were hanging out. And I was like, oh, well, like maybe... I guess maybe he'll just have to like stay here or whatever. My dad was like, nope, he could drive home. And I'm like, it is so treacherous out there. But yeah, he drove home. Wow. That probably would have been my closest opportunity, but but it was not, it wasn't a particularly romantic, like we were just watching Hot Rod. So that's not really the, the most, most romantic, romantic movie. movie there is out there when I think of romance. Sweet things. <laughs> I can't. I don't know that I've seen the movie. Okay, it's fine. So, sorry. The (laughs) time of power going out that I'm thinking of is senior year of college, where I was living with two female roommates, and one of them grew up in a more rural town. And so she told us that when the power goes out, you can't flush the toilets because it can't refill. That's only the case when you're not on city water and you're like on well water. So we were like, oh, gosh, we can't even flush our toilets right now. And I didn't know any better. I was like, I'm pretty sure I never had like water issues because I grew up in like a city-ish area, like suburbs. So the the turn of events ended uh, 
very poorly for one of the people. <laughs> so I won't continue the story. But it was an interesting gotcha. day. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that, that was the case when I was growing up, too, was that you couldn't flush the toilet. So anyway. Um, all right. So after Kevin and Moose catch up, Kevin, there's like this weird bit where Kevin goes into a hallway of the school and there's like tons of fog. And then he sees the Gargoyle King and then he wakes up and it was a nightmare. And so he didn't actually see the Gargoyle King. What was this about? I don't know if we're supposed to, because Kevin was traumatized the last time he was having the beginnings of sexual relations with Fangs, that, and then being in a, interrupted by the Gargoyle King, like if, because, like you're, he's put himself kind of back in somewhat of the situation, or some of the same items are happening that led up to when he, when he was traumatized, so it could potentially like bring back some of those flashbacks from the trauma. Yeah, it, somehow it gives him an epiphany where he's gonna call Fangs and say that he's actually open to joint custody and everything will be okay, because baby Anthony needs, you know, a lot of protectors or whatever at this town. He doesn't say protectors. I don't know what he said. Something like that. And yeah, I don't know if this was like supposed to imply like, oh, he sort of regrets what happened with Moose and he maybe is missing fangs or if it's more just what you were saying. It was just sort of putting him back in the headspace of previous trauma. I'm not sure. But either way, fangs is still upset from the previous night and he's like, you know what? I had an epiphany too. I want to raise my son with integrity and I don't know if you possess that. So I'll see you in court and watch your back. Yeah, I felt like this would have been a very different conversation if Tony had been around, but I think we're really seeing the depth of Fangs' resentment here. Yeah, and I don't really blame him. I mean, like combined with the fact that Kevin has been like so pro-Pickens and everything. Right. And it's unclear whether or not Kevin is, like, everyone's sort of like, oh, Kevin hasn't completely gone over to the dark side. Like, is he, is he, like, somewhat resistant of picking? Why are they assuming that? I don't know. Well, and Kevin was also one to go over to the cult. So I think he just is looking for Yeah, he's very somewhat, susceptible. Yeah, he's looking for someone, he, he wants to be told what to do in some ways. So he yeah. wants that strong figure that he can look up to. You know who's strong? Fangs? Moose. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and probably fangs. Yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, whatever. Moose probably so, looks more strong, but being in a, you know, I feel like being in a gang, get, you gotta have it's some all about muscle. Protection. It's the whole point. All right, let's talk about Barchi. Uh, it's a pretty short pro- plot line. Um, so an agent comes in and tells Bar- Betty that another woman escaped from the TBK. And she's like, oh, I want to talk to her ASAP. And then we never talk about this again. So I'm yeah. assuming that's for a future episode. It was so, it was so, that's how I felt like when we talked about the Cheryl like we were introduced to this like major thing in some ways and then it's just unresolved. I I don't know if it's because now we learn how Betty escaped and so we're led to question if this escapee had the same option given to her. That's what I would assume. Either that or the TBK is like going to use this woman against Betty somehow. I don't know. Unclear, but we'll find out later, probably. Or we won't. Yeah, or we won't. That's definitely... I mean, if we didn't figure out why the twins were dropped into the fire, are we actually going to figure out about this? Never going to... And no one shall ever understand about the twins, ever. (laughs) Where are the twins? I mean, I I assume at Betty's house. Oh my goodness. I was like, aren't they with Polly? And then I totally remembered that Polly died. I feel like at some point they said they sent the twins away somewhere. 
Probably. I don't think that's actually real. Because I think they sent the, the twins away somewhere when, right after Polly died, but maybe they had sent them to Cheryl's house. I don't know. Look, no one knows. They definitely it's can't something. survive at Cheryl's house now. Too frigid. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Although they're they're related, so maybe they also have powers. That'd be cool. <gasps> that would, oh, that's why they were dropped in the fire, Mary. We're putting it all together. Be- to give them fire powers? Yes. Little, little Charmanders up in there. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Uh, So Betty sees a creeper outside her house. So she goes over to Archie's from the back door. Things get steamy. And then Betty's like, hey, you know how we just had sex? Um, I'm two weeks late. So are we dating or what? And he's like, well, we've always been safe. And they're like, oh, except for that one time. What time? Are we supposed to know what the one time was? Because they made it seem like, yeah, yeah, except for that one time. I think it's what? just the phrase you use. I don't know that. I, I feel like we as the audience aren't supposed to know, but they as the characters are supposed to be like, oh, yes, this one out of the many times that we have sex, this one. Well, we didn't We didn't get a flashback to the one time. Yeah, we and didn't. So we, I guess we're, and they didn't expel it out for us. So I guess we we're we're not supposed to know. I don't know. It, it's it, this show is so weird. It's like when they want us to know something, they like drill it into your head, and they're so obvious with it. And then half the other time, they're like, "Yeah, we're just not going to explain that." <laughs> so well, and so we didn't know. get that, but we do know that Betty got away from the TBK because she dismembered another body. And so this was a pretty interesting. This conversation was very interesting to me because. As Archie has experienced PTSD, Betty was given PTSD from this. It was interesting that Archie was drilling hard, is how I perceived it, on like the source of her trauma. That was very interesting to me. But like at the end, he said something to show support of her. And so like most of the time, you're able to share in those spaces because you feel supported. Yeah, so she must have just felt that. And, And I think it's also like she never felt, she hasn't, I don't know, maybe it was cathartic for her to talk about because she hasn't talked about it before with anyone um we've kind of been getting bits and pieces and i think this sort of checks out not necessarily the the whole details of how she got out but i I was sort of thinking that maybe he must have basically let her go because he's not actively trying to kill her now so it seems like there's a reason for that like you know her aura thing she can't see his he's not a threat to her directly so it seems like maybe that kind of all makes sense anyway they definitely have a strange relationship to say the least. Yeah, well, it's it's all very much like the same with the Black Hood and stuff about like Betty thinking she has a dark side, right? Like Betty, you know, having the serial killer gene and all this. So the TBK has her locked up for two weeks. And then one day he talks to her and he's like, hey, come out of the well. Here's a, here's a corpse. I'm going to need you to dismember this body. So it's not even like, she doesn't really, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, dismembering a body, not great. But like, it's not like she killed the person. Like he was already dead. So... He has her do this because he says that we're kindred spirits and if you dismember this body, you'll prove to me that we're similar. And then he let her go and he told her that he respected her and the world would be more interesting with her in it. So that clearly implies that he thinks that they're, you know, similar in some way. Now, he's he's like Pickens and can mind control Betty, but she, she's going to be activated with like the cult word. So like he he's Chad Michael Murray reincarnated incarnated and he's gonna reactivate betty so that she's a killing machine what was the word it was like orange pomegranate peach 
Clementine. It was Clementine. We'd get there eventually. You were close with orange. Thank you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's some kind of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was Clementine. So I think that this is more like... Wait, so you're not even going to entertain my no, theory? No, I'm not going to entertain that. <laughs> I mean, have fun with your theory. But no, I think that this is more like, it's it's more like the, like the guy, when she was looking for Polly and then she kept like capturing random guys and then one guy that she got was the creepy guy who was a trucker. Oh, but I think he also was part of that family and she like ties him up and then she's like threatening to go kill him with a chainsaw and then he like bashes his head behind he, a wall or bites his tongue off. He bites off his tongue off. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point when she's like, I, I'll dismember your body or whatever. And I feel like she's trying to like psych herself up because like I've done this before. Although like he was not, he wasn't dead. I, I just think this is, it's it's all dark Betty stuff. Like this is just. Where's what the wig? <laughs> she should put on the wig. Oh my gosh. What if, what if the TBK made her put on a wig? That would have been funny. Now this TBK oh guy. Oh my goodness. It could have been her version of the trash bag mask. It would have been perfect. A trash just, bag wig. Just her with the wig. A <laughs> trash bag wig. <laughs> Where do we rank the trash bag wig in the Riverdale wigs? Is it better or worse than Monica Posh? Uh, I feel like the latest Monica Posh actually looked okay. Still bad. Somebody sent me. Hold on. I, I got to look up to see who this was. Somebody sent me a tweet that was about how the uh, Monica Posh outfit is like a, a good go-to last-minute Halloween costume or like costume. Let me see. Um, yes, that was Miles. Miles said, "I we should try this." Uh, Netflix Philippines had tweeted last-minute Halloween costume idea Monica Posh, and it's just bad blonde wig and then like the little scarf around the <laughs> wig and then a little visitors pass. This is Monica Posh. That's funny. Sunglasses. They're pretty great. I mean, no one would know what you were. Very obscure reference. Very obscure reference. Um, More so than all was well. That's not, people know that. That's what Somebody. I'm saying. It's, I'm saying that's a well-known yes. reference yes. versus the obscure, obscure. reference. Right. Of right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, so Betty's talking about all that, and Archie's like, wow, that story's so interesting. So that reminds me of why I'm still in Riverdale, which is to have a family and raise a family here. I think what he means is, like, I want to fix up the town because I want to, like, still live here and then have my family live here. Like, it's not just about me saving, like, say, staying here. It's about, like, future generations of try-hard Andrews staying right. here. Yes, those Andrews men, they try. Yes. Um, so I, I definitely see that. And Whereas it's, the Andrews women moved to Chicago. It's what you got to do. So maybe <laughs> Betty has some Chicago in her future. Who's to say? That'd be nice. That'd be so funny. If the end of Riverdale, whenever the end of the show is, she just packs up and pieces off. Yeah. But I do think it makes a lot of sense, too, from the completion cycle of Archie wanting to have a good town because that's what Fred Andrews wanted. So I think right. that actually does make a lot of sense from for his character. It's just interesting to be like, I don't want to save the town just to like, you know, save the town and make the town better. I want to save the town purely for selfish reasons so that I can have a family here. I mean, I, I know that's not like, it's not like a selfish thing to do. I just think it's it's like, w wouldn't saving the town for all the other people in the town also be a reason? But isn't being selfish on brand for Archie, so. Yeah, yeah, so it's fine. So he's like, I'm all in. Whatever you find out about the pregnancy test tomorrow we're good and then the next day betty and archie get a pregnancy test and they find out that they are part of a cliffhanger and we don't know if they're pregnant or not yeah and the face is really i mean either way you could say oh they're shocked because it's no and they're sad or they're ex shocked because i i really don't think they gave any change no, they, didn't, in they didn't really give any hint so i'm not sure on this one um do you have a guess 
I mean, I think they're setting it up to be another parallel from River Vale. So I definitely feel like Betty's pregnant and it's going to, she's going to give birth next week because that's how long it, right? Isn't that how quickly the fetus grew in River Vale? Yeah, but the parallels so far have not been like, it's like Reggie exact. didn't die. Reggie didn't, Reggie didn't get taken <laughs> to hell with the, uh, with the devil. You never know, Geraldo next episode. We're going <laughs> to see that head separated from the body. You got to see the head. Um, got to see the head. Um, I think that she is pregnant. Yeah. I think that we will not have a baby in the show. Mm. But I don't know. Okay, so this and then the stuff we're going to talk about in the Jughead and Tabitha stuff, it's very confusing because it makes me feel like they're wrapping everything up. Except we know there's a seventh season. So unless the actors haven't signed on for that seventh season, like, I'm just confused. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So let's just go through Jughead real quick and get to yes. the last part of Although, it. Although, but I will say what you were saying is true, though. I do think that the whole Betty pregnancy thing is a parallel to the Splinter universe. I, and I wonder if we're going to have, so when, when it was Tony and the person in her apartment coming to take baby Anthony and we saw the, the flashing back and forth, I wonder if there's going to be some type of moment where that happens with Betty too. I am interested to oh, see where that goes. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Definitely possible. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just not sure. It's just... I mean, shows like this, CW shows and, and other shows like this, have brought babies into the picture. I mean, technically, we had Polly's children, but like... And baby Anthony. and Oh, and baby Anthony. <laughs> I forgot about that. Although that's a little different because the actress was actually pregnant, so they kind of needed to do that. But um, I don't know. I just, I can't, I, I don't know what they would do with Betty in the show. It's a complicated thing to do in the show. I don't, I'm not sure. We'll find out later. But anyway, so let's talk about Jugatha. I still don't like it. Let's talk about Pops. Um, at Pops, Jughead asked Tabitha if she can go back in time and stop the bomb from going off so that he can get his hearing back. And she says she's tried, but the bomb is a fixed point in time, much like the Martin Luther King Jr. death that we find out about from the previous episode. So there are certain points in time where even if you can time travel, you can't change them because they're so significant. So she says no matter what she does, it always explodes. You always lose your hearing. And so it's too risky to try anything else. So then Jughead reads Tabitha's mind by accident and she gets upset because she he hears her thinking, what am I going to do when I lose him? And it's right after she hangs up on the phone with Pop. And so he thinks that it's about Pop potentially dying at some point, which would make sense because he's older. And um, she's like, hey, we've talked about this. This is an invasion of privacy. You can't read my mind. Can he help it? Like, can, can, does he have to try to read her mind? Or does it, I thought it would just sort of happen. I don't think that's very clear, but I feel like that is a harder thing to do I guess it's like you're like you're saying. Is it something that he can turn off? Because also when he's in those town hall scenarios, it would be a lot. I feel like it would be a lot more overlap. Whereas obviously because it's a TV show, we're hearing one at a time. But I don't know that it's something where you can focus in. It makes sense that like, oh, he's reading lips as well as hearing her thoughts in some ways. Yeah, I think it's just confusing because the first time he read her mind, it was by accident. And he thought that he had gotten his hearing back at first. Or, well, oh, I don't know if right. That's the case, but he had just like accidentally heard her thinking and yes. and stuff. So, but like Cheryl, sure. he's having to learn how to control his newly found abilities. Yeah, I think it's that. <laughs> so he let's see the power goes out and he's like well i'm gonna go siphon some gas out of our car for the generator now there's like literally a gas pump although actually i don't know if gas pumps work during power outages uh i feel like the uh, like, credit card readers maybe pump. wouldn't 
I have no idea. Yeah, because I know actually I once went to a gas station. I was literally on empty and I went to a gas station and I tried to get gas, but like the power had just gone out and come back on. And so it was like still booting up. Oh, yeah. I was literally like I coasted into the gas station on zero. And how long did you have to wait? I didn't have to wait very long because they had like a can of gas and they filled me up with like a tiny bit. And then I just went down the street to like the next one. Oh, wow. And gave me a little bit of gas. But anyway, so um, he goes and gets gas. There's like a little moment where we think like, maybe something's out there in the fog i think someone even says at some point in the episode it's like a stephen king novel out there because have you have you ever read or seen the movie the mist no did it, the movie have chloe grace moretz in it or was that like fifth wave was that a different sorry don't we don't have to look was, it up i don't think she was in the mist I mean, if she was she was like a little kid the mist was in 2007 okay so i don't think i've seen that um I don't see her in this. No, but um, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a creepy movie. Uh, it, it was good. It was creepy. Wait, who Does the it? mist itself kill you? Um, there's big monsters in the mist. Oh, spoilers. I guess <laughs> I don't know if that's really spoilers. Um, I mean, it's 2007. People have had 15 years. Yeah. Uh, the mist. I saw it one time. Um, after prom. <laughs> Sorry, post prom movie. Actually, after prom, we watched Skyfall and then we watched The Breakfast Club and then we went to sleep. And then the next morning, we woke up and we watched The Mist for some reason. I don't know why. So we watched The Mist and. Um, what a cool group of friends. Yeah, it was so cool. So cool. I actually really do like the movie Skyfall. That was the first Skyfall James. Was good. Bi- that was the first James Bond movie that I've seen. I think I fell asleep during part of that. So I need to rewatch it because I'm, <laughs> I've, after seeing the most recent James Bond movie, I'm like getting back into James Bond. We're going to, I'm going to like at least watch all the Craigs. So, um, um, yeah, but anyway, so I guess there's like some thought that like maybe something's happening in the mist. And so <laughs> Tabitha grabs a shotgun and runs out, but n- no, everything's fine. Well, Jughead comes in with the gas. She got the radio to start working and then she's hearing something. And I interpreted it to be Jughead's phone call to Archie and Betty to tell them that there's something under the bed and that there's a bomb in there. So that's, she was hearing that. And with her ability to time travel, I think that's signaling to her that she has to go because Jughead's in trouble Mary's- my mind is blown <laughs> i didn't catch it i did hear i did hear the snippets of get out of the house and under the bed i heard those snippets and then she goes jughead and runs outside this is okay i love this this is this is great oh my gosh wow see this is why we need Hannah on the podcast all the time. <laughs> I would never have thought of that. That was amazing. I'm going to go back. I'm literally going to go back and rewatch that scene and see if I can hear it again. Um, that's amazing. Love that. Okay. So maybe because I believe, well, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So they get gas, they get the generator working, and then Tabitha sends a message out over the radio saying Pops has lights, water, etc. in case anyone out there is stranded and needs it. Uh, the sign's on, etc. The next morning, Alice announces that Percival is the new mayor. Apparently, the council met, dissolved itself, and appointed him mayor. Now, I'm assuming if this council is just, like, needs votes, then I guess they don't need Tabitha if, like, the other three of them agree on something. But this is, like, the third decision that they've just completely not had, like, Tabitha or back when Tony was on the council, Tony on. And I'm like, how is this fair? Like, why did the council even exist if they can just dissolve it, like, without all of their say? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense as to why they were... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. And so uh, they're like, oh, he's just like Hiram. And then it, Jughead's it like, might no, be 
a quorum thing where they only need right. three of the members yeah. to have quorum. And so that, they're just able to guess. make these decisions. That's the only other thing I could think of. So Tabitha tells Jughead that she actually did go back in time and try to stop the bomb. She lied about it being a fixed point. Apparently it's not, which I'm glad to hear because I don't like the idea of it being a fixed point because I feel like the bomb, like that's where we got the whole theory that the bomb like created this like other weird stuff happening in this universe. Like it, the bomb going off somehow created the powers, except I guess not Tabitha's or Cheryl's because Cheryl got her powers from, I don't know, probably being related to Abigail. And uh, it's implied that I guess Tabitha has just like always had these powers, but like she's just learned how to use them or something. I don't know that that's really clear. I still... I don't, I don't think they're related to the bomb though. She wasn't anywhere near the bomb. Well, but I still feel like there's something like I still think Percival is only in this town because of the bomb going off. Right. I, I agree, which is why I don't think that like I, I don't like the idea of it being a fixed point. But I guess what I'm saying is if she could go back in time and stop the bomb from happening. But then she says Percival still shows up and they still lose against him. Right. So I, I do think Percival's bigger than just the bomb situation, but I do think that like he showed up in this Riverdale timeline because of the bomb. I don't well, know. Well, but maybe if, maybe it's, I think you guys talked about that maybe the phone call is what causes the paradox or the, like the leakage and some It's either the phone call morphing. or just the bomb. It's something. Yeah, something to do with the- That event. That event. Um unclear but she says that she has gone back in time and gone through every outcome of basically like stopping the bomb not stopping the bomb played out everything and she's gone through 13 no 1384 scenarios and every single time percival wins except for in two scenarios where they beat him but she says but in every single scenario jughead dies and when she was thinking earlier what am i going to do when i lose him she was thinking about jughead not about pop yeah yeah, so, so I know you're behind on your Marvel watching, so you can close your ears when you listen to this again and listen to this now, but this is definitely giving like major Infinity Wars vibes. There's one person in particular who like runs through scenarios and like, we only win in one scenario. Sorry, I that may, I don't I, know. No, I think I already know what you're talking about. It's yeah, so... Yes. I was, and it's kind of funny too because at the end of last episode, when they were at the pops table, Brian was like, "This is their Avengers Assemble moment," you know, like all the yeah. was it five of them? Yeah, it's five of them. So, and that's how many Infinity Stones there are. So, I really think that Riverdale is pulling sources from anywhere, but they changed it. There's two scenarios where they win here, so it they, they didn't. Cu- it's like copy my homework, but make it a little different. So. That <laughs> Well, and Archie, like, wanting to save the town really reminds me of Bruce Wayne and, like, lots of Well, and movies. obviously they even reference the kryptonite Superman thing. Right, yeah. So, like, that is very clear. So, so I, I don't know. Is this another way of trying Cole Sprouse to get himself written out of the show? Is this... Like, I mean, we've already he, done the Jughead dying thing. <laughs> yeah, and so he kind of even says, like, I've died before or, like, I've been promised death before. So I don't know what he says, but... So, so you it's think like, that we're going to, like, avoid him dying? What do you think? Or is I this, like, is this... Because I I assume that this battle was going to be the end of the season. Except the season, I think we already know, has, like, 22 episodes in it. And we're only at episode 12. I, I thought that this battle would happen, like, soonish. Like, what are we going to do from here to there? But they do have those mid-season breaks, but did... 
I don't know. This there Did that already happen? There's <laughs> that's what I was I was just like, but they had the five episodes and then this. I I'm not I don't I was really proud when Kirsten predicted something about oh the jughead was going to develop the hearing people's thoughts. Like yeah. I was listening I was and I had already watched the next episode. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, she predicted it right." So that's really impressive to me, but I mean, we've heard my theories. So like I don't think I'm going to pick the right yeah, thing the, here. Yeah, the one where uh, the trash bag killer is like Pickens with Betty or something. Exactly. Yeah, that one. Uh-huh. No, no, no. No, he's he's Chad Michael Murray activating right right sorry yes. he's, he's, he's the Chad cult Michael leader Murray. right but also um, pickens it's both yeah so uh jughead tells tabitha not to give up hope so i guess he's not giving up hope. he takes this very well <laughs> the, like i'm dying thing well i mean probably because cole sprouse is excited to not be on the show anymore i mean that's what we've been saying all along but jughead is a ghost whose thoughts mm-hmm. you know going back to the original prediction yeah so <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, we had a lot of thoughts this episode, right? We had, um, we had the whole revelation about the, the radio thing. That was, that was amazing. Hearing, uh, hearing the Jughead warning phone call through the radio. I like that. I mean, I definitely think that there's clearly a lot of parallels happening between this and Rivervale. You know, I was so confused when Rivervale was part of season six. I was like, why is this not just its own standalone thing? It makes way more sense now, just based on how this, the next several episodes have gone. Right. I think, they're very connected. I think they wanted it well didn't they even say that it was going to tie in in some ways or were they touting it that it was going to be its own separate okay i don't know i wasn't following that close with the predictions yeah i mean so when before we started recording brian was saying that he feels like as someone who watches five minutes per episode that they should have introduced these superpowers like season two or something. It would have made it a lot more interesting quicker. It would have been a completely different show. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm already like just trying to deal with it in season six. I think you can just stop your, you know, Marvel, your Mary CU rewatch now because this is it. They're just yeah. pulling, they're pulling source content directly to Riverdale. So uh-huh. just watch this instead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're going to be totally okay. caught up. Great. Great. Sounds good. So, who's the most normal person this week? You know, I think it could be like Penelope or Cheryl. And that was some sarcasm there. Okay. I was, um, I was hoping so. <laughs> I, I do. I I don't know if it's true, but I want it to be Reggie. or like Because I feel like getting rid of toxic relationships is something that's becoming more heavily in society normalized. So I appreciated that character development that we got there. That's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. I like that. Reggie. Yeah. I was thinking um, the other option was potentially Archie just because he was very much like supportive of his possibly pregnant girlfriend. Oh. But I like giving it to Reggie. He had okay. he had, the, he had a good time. Let's go with that. <laughs> Reggie Mantle. Been a while. I don't know when the last time we had. Well, we, had, we tied and gave... Uh, Season six, episode seven to Jughead. Jughead. I don't know what the accent that was. And Reggie tied. So we're giving it to Reggie Mantle alone this time. Good for him. So the title, The Fog, while definitely also a play on The Mist, um, is also a 1980 American supernatural horror film directed by John Carpenter, which I have not seen. Um, 
but stars Jamie Lee Curtis and other people. <laughs> it uh, tells the story of a strange glowing fog that sweeps over a small coastal town in California, bringing with it the vengeful ghosts of mariners who were killed in a shipwreck there a hundred years before. Uh, oh, apparently the fog was not well received by critics upon release, but was Man. a box office hit. Oh, I was going to say, it sounds like a good movie. Yeah, it looks interesting. What's funny about it is for whatever reason, the like poster, the theatrical poster it says it's a 1980 movie but the poster looks like i don't know 30s 40s like it looks so old that's it's interesting but well oh oh there was one more thing that i caught that i wanted okay so did you catch the flavors of milkshakes that pops offers no was it interesting this is the kind of thing i normally do write down yes i found it very interesting all right so we know about chocolate vanilla and strawberry right yes we we've we've seen which characters ordered those They also offer blueberry. Oh, I should have had you guess. Dang it. We should go back and read. (laughs) I I should have had you guess. (laughs) I would not have guessed blueberry. I think I I would have guessed. I think I would have guessed like orange or like creamsicle, like something like that. Or like mint would have been my my first two guesses. Maybe peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. I would never have guessed a blueberry milkshake. It doesn't even sound good. (laughs) So I mean, I guess it makes it like strawberry is so normal. I don't know why I'm so anti-blueberry, but like. hmm. I mean, because you're not making a smoothie. Yeah. I feel like strawberries are a lot sweeter than blueberries just as the fruit. Maybe not. It's like. Any fruit that you think of as something and cream, like peaches and cream, strawberries and cream. I feel like blueberries and cream, not as much of a thing. Yeah. I I totally regret that. I like said the answer and I was like, I should have had you guess. Hannah doesn't know how to play games. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't set it up as a game beforehand. Wait, so do you remember what episode? You said you missed an episode because it expired. No, no, no. It was this episode that they, sorry, I was going to tell you when they showed this. They showed this at the end when they were talking talking about Pickens being the mayor. So there was the TV and then immediately yes. to the left, there was the sign. It was like Pops Chocolate Shop yeah, uh, yeah. Milkshake Flavors. And then there was oh, also VCR underneath the TV. Oh, I didn't notice the VCR. I did notice that earlier when um, Alice was doing the weather report, that she was like there was like a map of Riverdale behind her and even though they said that it was in like Rockland County like last episode and that's so not accurate based on like any of the geography of how they describe it the image they showed of the map was exactly how I picture Riverdale like so it's like Riverdale and then it's sort of on the top and like the left hand side like the the western side so like the north and the west is where the river is and then on the other side of the river to the west is Greendale okay cool so I was like, yeah, that's exactly. You know, I want to go back and look at that because I wanted to see if they like marked like south side. Because is Sodale south of Riverdale or is it south side of Riverdale? So so it doesn't make any sense because like Greendale is south of Riverdale or no that's no it's west. I, I don't think know I think it makes sense for it to be South Riverdale, especially because um I've been going to New York more frequently, re- like in the past five ish months, maybe like maybe more than that now. I anyways. So I've, I'm learning more about like the different neighborhoods. And so like Tribeca is like triangle below canal and like Dumbo stands for something. Soho is like South Huston or Houston, Hus- something. So there's like an H named street. So it's like, it has to do with 
the area or like streets around the area. So I think it's just like a shortening. Like SoCal is Southern California. Well, right. And like Nova's Northern Virginia. Right. But I guess, but I'm saying like, like the South Side Serpents, that was just supposed to be the south of the train tracks in the South Side. Still of Riverdale. in Riverdale. But is Sodale the same thing? Yeah. Yes. Because he bought up everything in the okay, South I th- Side. I thought so. I yeah. thought so. It's just, it's also confusing why the South Side Serpents are still called that. Maybe well, they're now not. They're maybe the Sweetwater they're, Serpents. Maybe they're the Sweetwater Serpents and we just didn't know that until this episode. <laughs> episode i just keep editing that up no i was saying earlier you had mentioned that you had like missed an episode oh yes it was the first post river veil oh okay so i was gonna see if there was any i was gonna like see if i could play a game with oh okay you guess something from that episode you said the i first... did listen to river the the riverdale recap okay so it'll have to be like an actual detail let me see let me see if i can find something real real quick okay the episode was called unbelievable yeah unbelievable <laughs> What song is that? I always think of that song when I think of um, Coyote She's Ugly. The Man. Oh, man. Oh, nope. Different movies. <laughs> different, different movies. Okay, I don't know if we mentioned this on the recap or not. I was making a lot of faces. Hannah's laughing. Um, do you know how Abigail got into Cheryl's body? <laughs> I want to ask for a multiple choice, but I know you're making this up on the fly, so I feel like that's I know. not going to um, happen. I could try to come up with some multiple choice really quick. I mean, if you're willing to, that would be great because I have nothing. Did Cheryl? Hold on, let me think. I've, I've only got two options in my head right now. Let me, let me. I'll give you three, three choices. Okay. Okay. So we know that Abigail was inside Britta's body and came into Britta's body from. Actually, I don't know if you know this. This might have been told to us in this episode, but way back when they did like a seance at one point. I don't know when this was. I think this was like end of season five. Uh, Nana and Cheryl and Britta did a seance for Abigail and Abigail got into Britta's body but was only taking over Britta at nighttime apparently. So here are the three options of how Abigail got into Cheryl's body. One, did Abigail command Britta to make Cheryl a specific type of tea that transformed, that like moved her spirit over? Did Cheryl find the Julian doll and accidentally break it? And that is how Abigail got out of Britta's body and into Cheryl's body. Or did Nana Blossom do a counter curse that made her come out of Britta's body and into Cheryl's? Those are very good options. I feel like it was the counter curse. Yeah, okay. That was the only one that even seemed possible. (laughs) No, I felt like the other one. I was like, wow, that's really detailed. Well, because I remember Britta drinking the tea to try and get Abigail out. Right. Yes. I just, maybe, maybe there was more tea. (laughs) Right, right. And the, and the doll twitch. So I felt like those were good options. Like, wow, that is definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, do you remember, uh, uh, what happened to Glenn? Oh, he gets that, what, that was not in that. He gets chopped up by the TBK. Yeah, but Glenn first comes back to the Riverdale office, and then I don't know if it was in this episode, but at some point, um, Glenn is, like, threatening Betty, like, telling people that he slept with Betty and that she, like, elbowed him in the face or something like that. And we couldn't figure out how that was even possible. Yes, I remember you guys talking. Yeah, (laughs) that's so low yeah anyway anyway well that was the episode um anything else hannah this was a fun podcast this was fun i'm sorry for i feel like it went on very long but no, i appreciate it's refreshing. We've, we've had a bunch of really short ones so this is this is good N- nothing else though? sorry okay, yeah cool. nothing else nope, i don't okay, know great. it was, yeah, it well, was good you know. to be back uh, hopefully kirsten's back next week and we can re-up the sass count on the podcast she doesn't just provide sass but i feel i just 
I feel like that's a notable aspect of what she provides. Yeah. I feel like you were bringing your best uh, Hannah predictions. Thank you. I always look forward to. Thank and you this so is, much. This is inspiring me. It's making me feel like we really need to get back into doing the season two stuff, mostly because I enjoyed season two so much more than season six. And it just so. has to really complete the circle. Like we were yeah, talking about earlier, bring it up, bring it all back together. Yeah. Bring it, bring it all back. So it'll happen eventually. You know, I have, I have lots of, lots of plans of things. So it's got big it's stuff like, happening. It's not like my life is busy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, well, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for episode 13. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform and you can uh, check out Hannah's Instagram at, is it still hannahv.exe? Yeah, I mean, it's a private account. I don't know okay. if many people are really going to follow me, but well, maybe you can check out- Maybe someone will follow you and you'll be like, yeah, I want them to follow me. <laughs> you can check out Kirsten on the BoJack Horse Pod and oh, everything yeah. on Rahap however you say it podcast <laughs> yeah, do, network yeah the, the, the new challenge try to do all of kirsten's plugs um yeah kirsten she's let's see kirsten said on, what yeah she's online everywhere, everywhere available at kirsten said what uh-huh. even on instagram yes. where or twitch and twitch yep um you feel like i feel like i have one. to say baby <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I hope Kirsten listens to this whole thing. <laughs> Just so she can hear that. Baby. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, I think, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else Kirsten's doing. Oh, check out Mess Magnets, which is Kirsten's newest podcast on the Love Robinson Island? Podcast Network. Um, I don't I don't know if Love Island's happening at the moment. I should know this, but I don't watch Love Island, so I'm not sure. But I know she's doing Mess Magnets, which is the, like, uh like celebrity gossip and like pop culture podcast that she's doing with Sasha. Which is on trial. Sasha Joseph. Ooh, yes, on trial. So make sure you listen to that and give good feedback so that it can, look, we're a little nothing podcast over here, but that's like a big, big deal. So do that and um, check out all of her season two of Bridgerton coverage as well. And um, yeah. Uh, And then once you're done with that, you can come back to us and give us a five-star rating and review. We love to hear from you and it helps other people find us yeah yeah give us feedback on how great hannah's multiple cursed impressions were and her uh mary um southern (laughs) impression was i gotta be honest it gave me total laura vibes when i was listening to it (laughs) like laura has definitely had that like laura uses that voice all the time which is why i think that you yeah did it so easily that's great that's great oh my gosh i'll have to tell her i also hope you never do that again yeah that seems to be pretty much the feedback (laughs) that i've received (laughs) oh my gosh well this was so much fun um but uh yeah kirsten will be back next week and we'll definitely have hannah on again soon so thanks for joining us until next time bye (laughs) perfect There, there ha- the the writers of Riverdale did not do their medical in in <laughs> where did that research? thought go? Sorry. Yes, thank know. you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> their medical research. <laughs> the writers of Riverdale hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. The writers of Riverdale. <laughs>